we can't do our mission because we're out of milk. Guess we better get some of this new planet. Hey, we just need to get some milk. We don't like Mandalorians, but we'll give you some milk if you kill the warlord monster bandit that's been using our Wi-Fi. Okay, well, here's your mi- Wait a second. Oh no, Baby Yoda drank all the milk. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to another No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network. Today's episode, today's classic, brought to you by Neutral Vodka Seltzer, made with real vodka, real seltzer, and real juice. It's Neutral, the one with the umlaut. It's Thursday, March 9th, 2023. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, is Tass Mellis. Podcast listeners, this is for you. Next to Tassie is the bearded one, Matasha Hot Boy, Trey Kirby. hey hey and last but not least, over yonder, making the magic happen, super producer, JD. Hello. There he is, and uh, Eshwa is in the background. He'll be helping us out throughout this show. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Hit that thumbs up, comment away, subscribe to No Dunks. A lot of you subscribed yesterday to No Dunks. We absolutely love to see it as we make our way to 100,000 subs. Get any and all of your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. Hoodies, t-shirts, mugs we got it all and later today if you are a survivor fan at 1 p.m eastern we got a new no buffs podcast recapping episode two of survivor 44 it was a great one lots of fun scenes to dissect and we'll be talking again at 1 p.m eastern search for no buffs it's got its own youtube feed its own podcast feed me jd tk talking about that episode but 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 Guys, let's bring in our special guest to talk about last night's games, the big storylines in the NBA. He is a television and film writer who wrote the adapted screenplay for the new film Champions, which is a heartwarming sports movie about beating the odds, guys. It premieres this Friday. That's tomorrow, March 10th. Stars Woody Harrelson and Caitlin Olsen of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia fame. Yes, Sweet D herself. (laughs) You just heard him on Is This Good? Now he's on the big show. Happy to bring in Mark Rizzo. What's up, Mark? Not much. You know, just pinching myself. It's a dream come true. I'm a longtime loyal listener sicko, and it is just <laughs> a thrill to be on here. I go way back with y'all. So thank you so much for having me on. Well, you were you were fantastic on Is This Good? That was like oh. your, uh, your audition to get on this one here. <laughs> and you knocked it out of the park, I thought. I was sweating it, you know, Matty, you know, it's not easy going toe to toe with Matty O and JD. It's no. uh, it's a challenge. Well, if you can talk to them, you can easily talk to us about basketball. Yeah, we're so friendly. Uh, but I like the idea that we now have like a car wash. You can go through here yeah. at the Classic exactly. Factory, multiple shows where you can get in, get that exposure. And also, thank you, Mark, for the exposure, visiting nodunks.com, yeah. picking up one of the most gorgeous t-shirts I've ever seen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Speaking of the car wash, I thought about like going back and watching 40 seasons of Survivor catch up. (laughs) So you could come on No Buffs, yeah. You know, there's just not enough time. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Uh, Look, before we get into, uh, you know, your thoughts on the NBA and what's going on in the games last night, just quickly, like, how did this Champions movie come about? It is an adapted screenplay. When did it fall into your lap? How long did it take you? Yeah, take us through that. Well... 
in, I guess it was 2018, I had changed to a new agent and I let her know, one thing you should know about me is that I'm a basketball sicko. Anything basketball that comes across your desk, send it my way because I'd love to do it. And lo and behold, not too long after that, she got a hold of this film Campiones, um, a film by Javier Fesser in Spain that was wildly successful. It won the 2018 Goya Award, which is the equivalent of the, the Spanish Oscar for Best Picture. I think wow, it beat wow. Almodovar that year. Like it was a sensation. And she sent me the film to watch. And, you know, like I said on uh, Is This Good? I'm just a guy being a dude. I got to grind it out. <laughs> I had to put together a pitch, go in and uh, let them know what I would like to do with it. And I re distinctly remember going into that meeting and coming out. And thinking to myself, well, there's no way in hell I got that job. And here we are five years later, and um, the movie is a reality, and it's out in theaters. And it was filmed up in Canada, in Winnipeg, to be exact. Um, and you said, like, you're such a basketball fan. I know you love to hoop, too. Like, did you get a chance to be on set? Did you get to go to Canada? You know, obviously shooting a lot of stuff in gyms in this movie. Um, or was because of the, the COVID pandemic, uh, it kept you away from uh, the gym and you couldn't get your hand on a basketball up there with them? I'm still holding on to that dream oh. of playing one-on-one -on -one with Woody Harrelson. Oh. <laughs> I'm ready to cook him. I'm ready. He knows it. He oh, knows it. Oh, wow. I told his manager he's on notice. He's on notice. I'm small, but I'm scrappy. I've got that Jalen Brunson game. But... Uh, at any rate, no, I did not get to go on set because of COVID. I stayed here and uh, unfortunately, um, yeah, I couldn't go, but I did stay involved in the production. And uh, every day I was on the phone or on a Zoom like this with producers and the director, the great Bobby Farrelly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's Dumber there giving something me about Mary. Yeah. 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 If you like to laugh, <laughs> we've got the director for you, Bobby <laughs> Farrelly. And so... Uh, yeah, so I stayed involved in the production that way. And what was great was they were giving me feedback on our actors because the act, here's the thing about the COVID uh, pandemic period of time, you've heard of it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everything had to be done remotely, even the casting. So the casting was done via Zoom and tape. And so when the cast assembled, it was really the first time being in a room together. And so I know Bobby and Woody and Caitlin and everyone learned a lot about um, our newcomers who comprised the basketball team while we were shooting. So I was getting a lot of feedback from them and ways uh, to kind of write to their strengths and um, punch up their characters along the way. Did you know early on that Woody was going to be attached? So when you're when you're adapting the screenplay, you're thinking this is going to be the white man can't jump guy. No, I had no idea. You know, when you get these jobs, you just think, well, thank God I'm getting paid to write. And oh, my God, thank God I'm getting paid to write about basketball. Like, mm -hmm. this is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Right. And then if it's going to get made, it like if anything gets made, it's a miracle. So you just kind of write, write it to the best of your ability. And hopefully it has a wide appeal and that the story and the characters are strong enough to appeal to an actor like Woody. And luckily, that's what happened. And once he got on board, we were on rails. So were there any other sports movies that you were like drawing inspiration from besides the movie that you obviously adapted the screenplay from? Yeah. Bad News Bears, the okay. original is an all time favorite. And you guys showed the poster that has like strong Bad News Bears vibes. Yeah. And when I saw that, I almost fell over. Yeah. I mean, that's the spirit we want to invoke that kind of ragtag rough and tumble kind of filmmaking. Like 
<laughs> it's so funny. This is a little callback from Is This Good? But one of my favorite things about rewatching the original Bad News Bears, not only is, is it Jackie Earl Haley doing donuts in center field on his motorbike, <laughs> like a badass, but also in the air hockey seed where he's uh, on that date with Tatum O'Neill, and you can see the boom mic dribbling in. I'm like, these guys were running and gunning. <laughs> Maybe, you know, maybe Walter Matthau was throwing a 40 over to the boom operator. Who knows? But it, apparently we have our own version of the boom, Mike, because, J.D., what's the name of this, the Canadian store that you can see in the background no, yeah, that gives us away? No Frills. No Frills. Oh, yeah. No Frills, the grocery no store. That's yeah. a Canadian classic, yeah. Bummer. But it, at any rate, yeah, we sh- so we shot, we shot Winnipeg to double as uh, Des Moines, Iowa. Right. And then... You know, just to give you an idea of how running and gunning we were being on this shoot, we then shot Winnipeg for Winnipeg. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Nice. Do you? I guess the good thing is that nobody would believe No Frills is a real grocery store. (laughs) Actually, you look at the branding, you're like, no way, that's not real. Yeah, it actually inspired the name of this show. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, little known fact. Uh, Besides Champions, which again comes out tomorrow. Do you have like a ranking, like a one, two, three of your favorite basketball movies of all time, Mark? Ooh. I know I'm putting you on the spot there. Wow. <laughs> wow. I got to say White Man Can't Jump. Okay. Yeah. Like, Number one. Contractually, you're obligated to say so? <laughs> yeah, or? Woody, Woody has forced you to say Well, I, I would like to work with Woody again. Um, he is a rainmaker. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I would say he got game. Okay. After that. I'm going to be really boring. Hoosiers. Hoosiers is amazing. Mm, okay. It okay. is an amazing Those movie. Three. I thought for sure you were going to go with uh, Semi-Pro for your third choice. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Not yeah, I'm not that much suck up. <laughs> what, a, what a Hollywood suck up I'd be if I did that. Fish that saved Pittsburgh, shout out. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of honorable mention out there. But, um, yeah, those are my three. Got to go with the classics. Uh, we are in the classic factory. We are. Right. We are. Class, <laughs> classics only. You, Guys, I just want to say, I worked in an actual factory. You did. What'd you make? I made CDs. I made compact discs. Yes, that's how long ago it was. And we did make some classics. Okay, yeah. uh, What'd you you print off? What's your favorite printing? You know what? I don't know if it's my favorite printing, but the one we made a lot of that year was we made a lot of Dookie. A lot of Green Day Dookie. Wow. I had it on CD. So much much Dookie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, hey, you slipped it in, Mark. You slipped in uh, like a comparison to Jalen Brunson. Are Are you a Knicks fan or just a Brunson fan? Like which NBA team do you cheer for? I am a diehard Knicks fan. Okay. Uh, lifelong. And uh, yeah, I'm having a great year. I'm right. I, I'm not, uh, I like to say that I'm a, a an even keeled Knicks fan. It's been hard. <laughs> I try not to get too, <laughs> try not to get too excited. I try not to get my hopes up. Um, but yeah, I am a, a diehard Knicks fan. I love Brunson. I love what he brings to the team. You can really see the impact. Like we don't have to get too deep into the hoops right now, but like you can really see the impact in terms of the temperament of the team. Yeah. Um, it's they're they're a much more mature bunch this year. You liking their chances to make some noise here in, in a at least a first round playoff matchup? Let's say it's against the Cavs. It's appearing like it could be a four or five versus Cleveland. I know this is the hot topic. We all want the Donovan Mitchell Bowl <laughs> so we can go so Stephen A can get his LOL Knicks jokes off. Um <sighs> I like their chances. I really do. I think they have a lot of heart. No pun intended, because they have heart and Steen and heart, the heart to heart connection. The heart foundation. Heart to heart. Un- 
underrated procedural uh, from the, the 1980s. <laughs> Robert Wagner. Wow, you are there. old. Yeah, this guy used to work in a CD factory and he's dropping. It's a miracle I can still play ball. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm shooting two on two with Robert Wagner later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but seriously, uh, I, think they, I do think they have a puncher's chance because they have an identity now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the thing. I feel like they spent the first half of the season really trying to figure out who they were and shuffling through the rotation and dealing with the agendas of who who you have to play because of the money on their contract. And at a certain point, you know, Tibbs had his come to Jesus moment. He went to that nine man rotation and everything has been a lot better since, but you know, Brunson is still out. He's questionable tonight for Sacramento. That worries me. And we cannot afford an extended Jalen Brunson absence. I feel like, Emmanuel quickly might be my favorite player in the NBA because of the pure unadulterated joy he plays with. Mm -hmm. But you see after a performance like he had um, in that double overtime game against the Celtics, um, there's a come down after that. You can't, you can't sustain that. Um, You you need, you need, you know, Trey, you know, the Tibbs drill. He, he, he's going to play you. He's going to play you. You know what? If he plays the joy out of Emmanuel quickly, then I'm out on tips. Oh, okay. But right now I'm very much in on tips. Okay. Exactly. It, quickly is still young enough that he can handle playing 55 minutes. It's just uh, <laughs> at the end of things, you know, when he's getting to be about 30 years old, that it becomes a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm surprised they're not trotting out Derek Rose for 25 minutes. But, you know. <laughs> yep. uh, well, let's get into uh, some of last night's uh, specific games and storylines. And we did have a wedgie. Yeah, Mark, you're on the show here and you brought us some wedgie lock number 41. It was a Raptors wedgie. It was on a foul. Fred Van Vliet drawing the foul Ooh. there on Batum and, and stuck it. Man, they did not let that one breathe, but a foul is a foul. I saw Eric Kareen. He did want to confirm on Twitter last night. You know, it happened on a shooting fouls. It's still a wedgie. Mm. You bet your ass it is. Yeah, I had a fever dream that the uh, PA announcer in the arena said, that's a wedgie. I, I, tu- I turned up the volume to hear. Was, did that actually happen? That was just a dream. Uh, it was just a dream. I made it up in my mind. Well, we, we saw a pigeon last night oh, yeah. in our Skyhawks game that we'll get to. They're happening all over the place. Yeah, so wedgie number 41. But the big story last night, uh, Mark, was Kevin Durant injuring himself in warm-ups. And I know we have a clip, and so we'll show it to everybody here on YouTube. Now, I read from the Arizona Republic uh, this morning that they are saying there's concern within the organization that Durant has a grade 2 sprain, which would keep him out between four and six weeks. Wow. This, again, happened in warm-up. You see the ankle fold over there. That's surprising. he didn't play in the game. Now, the Suns went on to win this. I mean, Booker was lights out. He had 44. Terrence Ross had a great game. But a KD injury of any significance here possibly changes the, the Western Conference landscape. Um, so what are your what's your sort of takeaway here from this wild, random injury fr- from Durant, Mark? Truly a banana peel moment. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I keep looking. So, someone's going to Photoshop that in there, I'm sure. Um, it would be in poor taste because I'm, I'm, my initial reaction is just sadness yeah. that we just don't get to see this guy ball out. He is such a pure player. And it was really brewing. Uh, there was a great race brewing there in the West. I would hate to see him miss extended time. And, you know, I always look at basketball from the standpoint of a writer and I see the players as like in this human drama and the characters and like my heart breaks for, for KD. And I'm really, I'm really interested to see how he handles this adversity 
he does seem to be, you know, in certain ways he seems to be very hypersensitive, but in other ways he's very grounded. And I have a lot of faith that he's going to um, bounce back from this when he does, but it really does shake up the West. And to me, it's part and parcel with this whole year. I feel like this is the most up for grab season we've had in a long time. And it makes it a lot more fun. I feel like we're really living in the suspense, right? Of yeah. the drama of the season. And uh, this is just another another really unfortunate plot turn. Yeah. It, would, it would be surprising if it is a long-term injury because uh, he finished his on-court work after that. It's not like he went off yeah. right after it. And Booker, after the game, tried to settle Suns fans by saying, quote, he's fine. It's just a roll. We'll get him right and we'll have a debut another day. I don't know if you come out and say that if you if you don't know that there's an injury but if it's a short-term injury I, I know you want to get all the reps possible but then Devin Booker goes out and shows that he can carry the team for a while obviously 44 cool 44 in 28 uh, minutes he's been on fire right now yeah, yeah. He, he wanted to go for 50 he knew with Durant out he could get every other shot 726 left in this game they yanked him out they're up 33 points and he just sat there and said Come on, Monty. He didn't want to come off the floor because he knew he could take every shot he wanted. Yeah, he just wanted to stay on. You want a sicko stat. Mark, you're a sicko. This is a real sicko stat. Devin Booker had six threes last night. Tied his career high. He's done that 21 yep. times in his career. Never had seven, but he's done six 21 times. weird? Why'd Monty sub him out there? Jeez, I'm with weird. Booker on this one. That's, yeah. a, that's a sicko stat for, from fan uh, Dale Trey pointed that out. Dale Trey 5 on Twitter. That's pretty unbelievable. That's wild. Yeah. yeah. I mean, don't put a ceiling on Devin Booker, but maybe six the is ceiling. The ceiling is six, yeah. <laughs> six three-pointers made. Uh, he was lights out. Well, I mean, some Mark, you're a writer, and, and you slipped it in there. Some people think the NBA is completely scripted. Uh, so this KD injury. Last night, Luka leaves the game uh, against the Pelicans. He's set to have an MRI. That on, one doesn't look good. On his thigh. Um, so it sounds like you would like to, you know, get your hands on the, the NBA script here and do a couple edits and take out some of these injuries. Absolutely. Yeah. The injuries the injuries are heartbreaking. And um, it just, I don't know, maybe it's because we follow the league with more of a fine-tooth comb as fans now, but it does feel like the injuries are popping up more and more and more. And it makes you really appreciate the guys who are adorable. And... You know, I, I always hate when they talk about guys being injury prone. I, I just feel like bodies are bodies and we're vulnerable as human beings. You know, that's that's the writer in me. I have a lot of I, I try to have compassion for all my characters. Right. And so, like, I want to have compassion for all of these guys, um, even when you're like, you know, face palming when Anthony Davis hits the floor again and you're holding your breath. Right. But it's it's yeah, it's it's terrible. And just shameless plug for a, a New York Nick, Julius Randall, a player who is you know, maddening to root for in a lot of ways. He's played in every game mm -hmm. this year. Yeah. Um, and you love to see it. Now, he did joke about maybe taking off a day for uh, for rest after that two overtime game. And I kind of wish he did. Because he, yeah. <laughs> he did. He looked gassed. Yeah. And, you know, every Knicks fan, our, our secret fantasy is to see Obi Toppin play 36 minutes. <laughs> I, I don't know if we really want to see that. But, um, you know, for one game, I'd take it. Yeah. Uh, you thought you said uh, that you think the Luca one's even more. Oh yeah, it looks more significant because it didn't happen in this game. It happened last weekend, but it's just been lingering. And he was hobbling for the first two and a half quarters, really, and then the third quarter he just said enough, bench. And he is the opposite of injury prone. He plays through everything, mm -hmm. and so it is a little surprise. He said after the game, Booker said Durant will be back. Luca said this is at least a week. 
He's already diagnosing himself. It's at least a week. There's only four plus <laughs> weeks left in the regular yeah. season. Right. Luke and Kyrie have not played together all that much. And this one was close down the wire, and they lose to a, to a hot CJ who was scorching everybody. They got some little guard defensive problems, and uh, he finished it off. So that is worrisome that if you take Luca's word for it, at least 25% of the regular season is going to be poof, gone for him and Kyrie to make it work. Yeah, I mean, I guess the silver lining for the Mavericks is that at least now they have Kyrie, somebody to kind of pick up the slack if Luka's going to be missing a little bit of time here. But the Mavs are in a position where they got to win every single game. Basically, yeah. it's playoffs already in the Western Conference, and you want Luka on the court. And he picked up another tech last night, so whenever he comes back from mm. the injury, he will be close to facing a suspension. I saw different I think reports. one more. Right? Yeah, I saw 16 in some places. I saw 15 in yeah. some places. He'll get another one in the next couple of weeks when he comes back and have to miss a game. So, I don't know. You're talking about four or five games missed out of 15 or 16 left. That's a lot. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, technicals, let's get to Fred Van Vliet, who blasted referee Ben Taylor for his officiating during the Raptors' 108-100 loss to the Clippers last night. Uh, Here's a taste. We have a clip. I mean, I don't mind. I'll take a fine. I don't really care. I thought, you know, um, Ben Taylor was fucking terrible tonight. Um, I thought that on most nights, you know, a couple of the, you know, out of the three, there's one or two that just fucked the game up, you know, and it's, it's, it's been like that a couple, couple games in a row. Um, Denver was tough, obviously. You come out tonight, you're competing pretty hard. The third quarter, I get a bullshit tech, changes the whole dynamic of the game, changes the whole flow of the game. And, um, you know, most of the refs are trying hard. I like a lot of the refs are trying hard. They're pretty fair. They communicate well. And then you got the other ones who just want to be dicks, and um, this kind of fucks the game up. Whoa. Nobody's coming to see that shit. They come to see the players. Okay, so Van Vliet is going to be a little lighter in the wallet here. I'm sure in hours we'll find out whatever the uh, fight is. Uh, but Mark, my first question off of this clip, and if you're watching on YouTube, Mark has literally got his hands to his head. He can't believe what Van Vliet just Are said. Are my eyebrows still here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like I've been scorched. Yeah, no, that was that he wasn't holding back there. Uh, what's the rating Ooh. on champions? Any F-bombs uh, in the movie? We are PG-13. Okay, okay. Which means you have an F-bomb budget of one. Oh, okay. So, hey, that's a fun game to play. When are we going to spend that one F-bomb? And I got to tell you, you know, the original script was littered with profanity. Um, But we had to clean up our act to get the PG-13 rating, which was hard. And I'm really proud of where we spent our one F-bomb. So when you you go to theaters, hang in there. And I want to say... It's late in the film, so okay. nice, nice. Look at that. Yeah, keep you in suspense. Uh, okay. Yes, yes. There's a lot of you know a bombs and s bombs going off, <laughs> right. but that big f bomb. All right, that comes later. Well, okay. Well, let's get your reaction to uh, to Van Vliet there and how upset he was with uh, you know. I think there was a lot of frustration, obviously, not just from last night's call against him. He said, by the way, Van Vliet said he told his teammates. Let's keep playing through the bullshit. And that's wow. what he got the tech for. That's what Van Vliet is saying. So, bad call. He's frustrated. Mm. Similar to Scotty Barnes in a way. And then, you no, know. Not actually directed at the referee. Yeah, it's more of like these these dicks uh, can't make a call right <laughs> to save their life. And that's what's getting them a tech. But, mm. yeah. What, what do you think, Mark? Well, first of all, a man with, with no fucks left to give right there. <laughs> Just yeah. incredible. And what I love about it was how calmly 
he just yeah, laid it out yeah, really smacked them down like that was icy <laughs> ice you know it feels like there's something escalating between the players and the officials this year yep. and i don't know i don't know how you solve it it feels like the officials skin is getting thinner and thinner the director from the league seems to be like take control of the game and let's have you know better sportsmanship but it feels like it's the way it's being doled out is um, leading to more and more conflict with the players and just like a real uncomfortability. I mean, I had the great pleasure recently to be in Utah to see Scott Foster officiate a game, and I'm I'm really excited <laughs> to, what an honor, to tell him, to tell my uh, my grandchildren that yes, I saw Scott Foster. Ref. <laughs> Hope you kept the tickets enough for the stuff for that one. You know, what's burned into my brain is him before the game spinning up the ball, practicing his opening tip toss. I mean, these guys, they, they put in the they work. put in the work. But no, all, all due respect to them, but it, it does feel like there needs to be – I feel like there needs to be a restorative justice circle or yeah. something yeah. where, like, the referees, the players get together and kind of hash this out because it, it really does feel like it's escalating in a way that's just not great for the game. Van Vliet is frustrated with the Raptors' record. He's frustrated with what happened in Denver the other night. Obviously, that was, like, a much more significant tech against Barnes late in that one. He's frustrated maybe with having a new child. Who knows? Maybe he's not getting enough sleep. And he's frustrated, I think, specifically with Ben Taylor because three of his eight technicals have come against him. Uh, And one of the other ones was in a game that Taylor was a part of. I mean, he didn't call it, but that's half of his texts come in games where this guy is officiating. And he said, at a certain point as a player, you feel it's personal and it's never a good place to be. Mm. So Freddie versus Ben here. Uh, well, what, Tash, you're the Raps fan. What you what you think of? Uh, yeah, that that those icy comments from Van Vliet. Oh, it's personal. Yeah, it's yeah. Your, it, it is Fred versus Ben. There's no doubt. Uh, it feels yeah, Chris versus Scott. It feels like a Chris Paul versus Scott <laughs> Foster situation. I, I do agree with Mark. It feels like there is a bit of an escalation going on. The refs may be controlling the games a little too much. Let's just be honest. Maybe there's an increase in. The wired segments that we hear and the, the the fact that everybody's mic'd and maybe the referees, as Mark said, from the league office are coming down uh, or, or asking the referees to try and control things more so it doesn't get out of hand so we don't hear comments from the players. It feels like they're just doing a little too much. But this in this instance, it just feels like a real personal vendetta and not bad officiating in this particular game. Obviously, the other day they got... They got Scotty screwed. Let's be honest. The, the, against the Nuggets, that, that was a a pure screw job. It, it just didn't work out for the Raps. But this one feels as you you went through the stats. Usually, a player will call out the stats in a in a post game press conference. You won't really mm-hmm. find a lot of evidence. But if you got fifty percent, basically from one guy, that's pretty yeah, crazy, the, yeah. accurate. Fred's accurate, and the and the and the calmness just sells it even more. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, if Mark turned in a script for this season that had this many blowups at officials, they would say, no way. This is oh, too overboard too here. We got to get the villains out of here. They're in here too much. But, like, we had the Spencer Dinwiddie tech. He said he was just clapping because he was upset, oh, right? Yeah. That's what this one really reminds me of. Yeah. Because he's just, like, upset about the way the game is going. And he gets uh, – I Dinwiddie got tossed for the first time in his career, right? And I think FVV obviously got his technical here. We had LeBron – when he got hacked by Jason Tatum, didn't finish the layup, and they went on to lose that game. Mm-hmm. There have been some major, major blowups with officials, and it definitely feels contentious right now, more so than it has recently. Yeah, and the playoffs are right around the corner. Oh, yeah. 
oh, yeah. <laughs> where it's going to get even more intense. Uh, all right. I mean, the Raptors did not play a great game. Kawhi Leonard, I thought, looked awesome. Oh. Uh, five dunks, I think he had. Uh, the one on Pirtle. How many does the Pirtle one count for? <laughs> yeah, well, that oh, counts for like yeah, 10. He looks good. 40 minutes played. That uh, was yeah. a, a full Kawhi experience. And I know we're kind of critical of the Clippers. Uh, I thought Ty Lue's minutes distribution of Russell Westbrook and Terrence Mann was a little bit better. Yeah, yep. Last Westbrook, would would he pull him if he needed to? Five minutes left in the third quarter was the last time Westbrook played. And, he, and listen, it worked out really, really well. He played really, really well. He's a plus 12 in his 23 minutes. It was perfect. He only had seven points, but it was really well done while Mann played nearly 29 minutes. I think that was just better distribution. They, they have a deeper team than the Raps. You can see it up and down, yep. up and down the lineup. They're just deeper. So I know we don't think they're a team to be reckoned with a lot of the time, <laughs> but I think they, a part of why they've been so bad with Westbrook in the lineup, they have been hurt. They have been integrating a lot of different players. They have been trying to figure out the minutes pattern. So there's a lot going on with those Clippers. Yeah. You think uh, maybe the Clippers more than some other teams, though, I mean, it would help if Katie and Booker could get minutes together or Kyrie and Luka could get minutes together. But the Clippers need these final couple weeks here to figure out that rotation, lean into it, and yeah. march into the playoffs. I mean, great, and maybe they'll be a threat. Great, yeah. great sign that our man Kawhi is playing 40 minutes, too. He's yeah. obviously gearing up. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the Eastern Conference play-in race a little bit here, Mark. We had Garland scoring 25 as the Cavs held off the Heat 104-100. Uh, obviously, there are Knicks there trying to chase down the Cavs in the standings. We had the Hawks edging the Wizards 122-120 despite Chris Tapp's Porzingis going for 43. And then Vucci, baby. Vucevic and Zach Levine led the Bulls to the 117-96 win over the Nuggets. So, Mark, we got the Heat staying in the seventh spot. We got the Hawks back to 500. They're now one and a half games behind the Heat for eighth spot right now. That's where they are. The Raptors stay stuck at ninth. The Wizards are half a game back in tenth. And then the Bulls are within a game of the play-in tourney. I say all of that to ask you, Mark, of all those teams, Heat, Hawks, Raps, Wiz, Bulls even, which team do you have the most confidence in to, like, you know, not only maybe get in the playoffs but put up any sort of fight? Or is the answer none of them? (laughs) What do you think? (laughs) You know... I'm going to give, I think, probably the easy answer, and it's three words, Jimmy James Butler. Mm. Yeah. That is a bad man. Mm-hmm. He scares me. I think the Heat, the Heat really struggle to score. They seem really, really um, offensively scattered. But I just, uh, between Spolstra, Bam, and Jimmy, and you know, those guys getting hot from three, I would not want to face them in a first round series. But I, I was really happy for Trey when I saw Vucci Baby put up those numbers against Jokic. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got you to love it. Vucci Baby's got to give you a little something, something before you guys you end the experiment. But yeah, I think that- uh, uh, insanity that Vucevic was the best Nikola on the court yeah. last night, but he was carving it up last night. Uh, 25 and 15, Bulls were moving the ball. Uh, that's their best win of the season. Also, probably the Nuggets' worst loss of the season. They've won. They had won 24 of their last 25 at home before somehow losing to the Bulls and giving up a ton of points. Yeah. But kind of a lethargic performance, I thought. By Denver, they probably just overlooked the Bulls. They got out to a hot start. They were up 10 like right away. They're like, oh, we got this game easily. But not. They didn't. No. They didn't have that game easily. But I'm with you, Mark. I think when you look at the teams who are in the play-in tournament, throwing in Chicago as the 11 seed right now. The Heat haven't been reliable at all this year, but at least they have Jimmy Butler, Eric Spolstra, and Bam Adebayo. You think they'll probably show up for the playoffs. 
uh, or at least the play-in tournament. They're likely the best team. Yeah, that all, that all said, the Cavs, I mean, the Heat shot 57% through most of this game, and then the Cavs just, like, turned it up a notch defensively, and Miami shot under 30% in that final quarter, and uh, it was close. Hero hit a really nice three-pointer that Spolster drew up, little sidelines out of bounds play, to get it within two, but then again, the Heat, they just committed so many turnovers tasks, uh, and they are... I think there are reports that Kyle Lowry might be coming back maybe by in, in within the week here. And uh, they could use sort of a floor general. Oh, I know man. he's had a really weird year. He's had a bad year. But they could use him, I think, to uh, just like reduce 24 turnovers, which leads to 29 Cleveland Cavaliers points. Well, they could use good Kyle for sure. They, yeah. they are a bottom five offense. If Kyle's ready to come back, it's been a long time since we've seen Kyle Lowry play basketball. Uh, it's since January, so yeah, he would he would steady it out there. But I love the uh, the order of Jimmy James Butler that uh, Mark threw out there in the history of the show. I don't think we've ever put Jimmy James Butler, and we love to play with names. Very well done uh, up against uh, you know Donovan. Dono Mitchell, I, I don't know what his middle name is. Let's throw that in there. I, I think because Donovan Mitchell is, you know, the best player on the floor a lot of the times, and he would be in a Knicks series. I think I would take the Cavs in that series while watching watching this particular game against the Miami Heat, where the Heat play really aggressive, get the ball out of Donovan Mitchell's hands. I think that kind of plays into the Cavs' hands a little bit because Donovan Mitchell wants to take over all the time, and in fourth quarters he will shoot everything. But it puts the ball in the hands of the other cast players who are ridiculously capable. And they're doing some uh, some Tibbs-like things in Cleveland. They only played eight guys. They're going. They're ready for the postseason. They're, they're ready to play those guys. And, and when the ball was out of um, Mitchell's hands, I think the guy who really looked good and was executing was the guy we sort of talk about as their fifth guy. You know, Aside from Garland, Mitchell, Allen, and Mobley, who was really solid uh, when, when the ball was passed to him, was Isaac Okoro was monstrous, five of seven. 13 points. He's he's kind of that X factor. If you can hit three, he's been he's shot 47 from three in January, 43 from February. He's getting the call to get a raise. 47 from three in January, 43 from uh, three in February, and yeah, three threes in this one. If he's hitting shots, that's the guy they're going to leave open. That's the guy the Knicks are going to leave open over and over and over again in right. the playoffs. So that's that's a huge factor if he can do that. Final one here. Uh, Tatum scored 30 to help the Celtics power past the Blazers, 115-93. I bring that up, uh, and you can't say the Knicks because you're a homer, Mark, but uh, who is your favorite in the Eastern Conference to come out of there? Is it the uh, Celtics? Is it the Bucs? Um, or is it the Sixers? Where did you go? Or Cavs? I went the Bucs. Yeah, Bucs. I, I like the Bucs. Absolutely. They're a complete team. They're battle-tested. Giannis has proven that he turns it up a notch when the lights are brighter. And I just have a. There's just look. They're they're a hot team right now, so it's an easy answer. But over the course of the season, they're the team that just feels like they have so many weapons. Um, you know, I'm going to ask a question that's going to expose that I'm not in the day to day. But is Brooke Lopez healthy right now? Yeah, yeah, he's actually if, stringing together some decent games here recently too. Yeah, yeah. The the Brooke Lopez factor, the fact that they can go basically five out with rim protection. Yeah. I mean, that's really hard to beat in this league. They've got the shooting. Um, they've been there before. I, I like them. The Celtics certainly scare you, but you see them. They can go cold. You know, they, it feels like they get a little bit three happy. And there, there's, you know, at the beginning of the season, everyone talked about, you know, boy, oh boy, with this Udoka scandal and bringing in Missoula, are they going to, you know, put, a, put a, a foot wrong coming out of the gate. And they looked amazing. But now you're starting to feel like this team doesn't have that kind of 
gel uh, factor that a team like Milwaukee that's been together a while has. So I'm I Milwaukee's the team that would scare me the most coming out of the East for sure. Yeah, I hear that with the Celtics. I do wonder if it's uh, and it is excuse. It's like a built-in excuse, but we've seen it with so many teams before that have gone to finals, have done deep playoff runs. You get to this point of the season, teams get a little just bored. And they you just play with your food, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I wonder, and there's been some injuries here and there with the Celtics roster and stuff like that. And and Robert Williams the third is very important to them, but like, I'm not too concerned about that. Like, they snapped this losing streak here. They got this big win. Tatum looked great. I, I just think it's like this malaise here uh, of the season. That's my personal opinion on them. And we're gonna have some just like epic battles between these upper teams in the Eastern Conference. I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt because the Celtics have been playing really great basketball for about a year straight, right? They started out last season really poorly. They had to completely shift the vibes and then turn it on, went to the finals, picked up right where they left off. And finally, like the vibes aren't perfect in in Boston right now, but I think that's just a, a fact of playing great and playing together and playing cohesive basketball at the highest level for you know, 14 months straight, something like that. Eventually it wears on them. They've been playing uh, so well. So, yeah, I mean, struggling right now, but they're a playoff team. They've been a playoff team for a long, long time. Very, so very long. They'll look better in the postseason. Mark, we can't thank you enough, man, for coming on here. Oh. We're going to let you go. Uh, Champions mm-hmm. comes out tomorrow, March 10th, in theaters everywhere, or basically everywhere, right? Can I get to say that? It felt, just felt right. You can right. say everywhere. All right. <laughs> everywhere. Champions. I believe it. Everywhere where they speak the English language, I believe. Okay, well, there you go. So look for yeah. that, and we highly recommend you check this out. It is a really feel-good story, and uh, if you love the underdogs and like that type of sort of sports movie, I think you're really going to enjoy this. Look at that art, too. That is gorgeous. I'm a fan of that. Yeah. Put that on a T-shirt. Yeah. Can we sell that in the No Dunk store? Uh, Mark, where can, uh, where can people find you? What's the best way to stay in touch? Uh, I am on uh, Twitter.com at, at Mark V. Rizzo. Okay. What's the V stand Shoot for? me a follow. The V is uh, for, it's for victory. No, it's, for, it's my dad's name. It's Vincent. Okay. And I just want to say a quick thank you to you guys for all of the years of incredible, just joy and fun that you put into our lives. I am, a, you know, an old school OG super fan. Like I'm someone who is nostalgic for like the tweet of the night army and the shout outs, <laughs> you know. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm wondering how is real deal Neil? (laughs) (laughs) Two morning poops. I'm nostalgic for two. I'm nostalgic for two morning poops. I'm concerned about the whereabouts of Mr. and Mrs. Wooblio balls. So I go, I go way back with you guys. And I just want to say thank you because I know you work really hard and this is, you know, I know what a grind is like out here. It's, you know, I've been in the screenwriting trade for, you know, nearly 20 years. And this is my first produced movie. So like, I appreciate grind and you guys are grinders, you're dogs. And um, just want to say thank you so much for everything. Really well, appreciate well, you guys. Congratulations on that uh, little stat there with that, uh, that movie here being your, like your, your first there getting produced. So we got to get the no dunks fam to go out and support this. So go check out Champions. That's right. We're a community. Let's That's get right. out there and That's support right. the community. And uh, sure. thank you for all the green day CDs too. We really appreciate <laughs> it. It was my pleasure. If I ever get down to the A and you give me 25, Five CDs. I can show you some amazing things I did to inspect them. Ooh. I can Ooh. I can take apart and put together a CD in its packaging 
in probably under five seconds. The <laughs> most I fascinating brag I've ever heard. New Rubik's Cube. <laughs> CD Rubik's Cube, yeah. Mark, thank oh, you yeah. so much, man. Uh, well, we'll have to talk to you again, either in person or again here on the show. But uh, you take care and good luck with Champions coming out tomorrow. Thank you, guys. Anytime. All right, we're going to take a Bye break. Now. When we come back, uh, we'll talk to these two guys who were down at the Skyhawks Ignite game and uh, a bunch of NBA news to still dissect, so don't go anywhere. All right, still here in the Classic Factory. If you're joining us live on YouTube, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hit that like button. Make sure you're subscribed. We got a bunch of news to get to, but first, I need the breakdown from you two guys who were at the Skyhawks Ignite G League game here in Atlanta last night, doing a little sideline reporting. I thought you guys were killing it, but, uh, you know, give me the deets. How was it? How was the game? Uh, so Scoot was killing it. I mean, you went really down there to see uh, the, the presumed number two pick of the draft, Scoot Henderson. He was dominating early. Yeah, they're playing a back-to-back, the Ignite here in uh, Atlanta. That was the first one. And obviously some hype, a different type of atmosphere around these two games. A sellout for one of them, a, a near capacity for the other one. And you could tell we did we did a little bit uh, in the uh, Skyhawks locker room before the game where we did this little handshake cheer thing. And everything was dead silent. Ooh, they were and locked in. I, I, I said, is, is it always like this? They said, well, it's just it's the atmosphere of these two games. The Skyhawks were ready as we were. That's a hawk. Well, Get it, it? is a part of that because You're like there's a bunch more eyeballs, obviously, yeah, and even scouts. like scouts in, yeah. in attendance. Yeah, yes. so it's like they're there for Scoot and maybe some of the other players that are going to go high in the in the draft. But hey, if you're on the Skyhawks, put up a good performance and you maybe get a little more attention so. there were scouts in the building mm, yes there you go. And, and so they were quite aware and yeah the skyhawks were ready to play scoot came out hot 13 points in the first six minutes and the when he threw it down you know he he, he kind of scooped his hands as sort of an up and under over a reach uh by a skyhawks player and then he threw it down showing incredible athleticism to get to the rim the rim shook pretty freaking hard you could see the body type, he's 19 years old. This is his second year with the Ignite. That's something sort of interesting, I think, about the Ignite system. It's not a one-and-done system. You right. get a two-year program uh, as opposed to the NCAA, one of these alternative choices uh, for parents. And he's looking at him from 17 to 19. He looks so, so different. He's got a shot. He was training for a long time pregame. <laughs> he's, he was working hard on the shot. Yeah. Uh, Working too hard on the shot, if you ask me. <laughs> but uh, Tass is right. Like, everybody talks about Scoot looking like an NBA player already. And the interesting thing is he plays on the G League Ignite with a bunch of other young guys who are also draft prospects in Leonard Miller, C.D. Sissoko, and London Johnson. I memorized these names, so I got to yeah. say them today. Nice. Yeah. But these guys are young as well. And they look young. You know, whether it be their bodies aren't quite as defined, they might still have a full face from still being in their teens, or they might be completely skinny from still being in their teens. But then you look at Scoot, and the guy looks like a superhero. Yeah. And then he comes out. You see him get to the rim for the dunk. He also had incredible body control on this finish coming down uh, the left baseline. John Hollinger said it on the broadcast last night. You don't see that level of athleticism and finishing usually in the G League. And that's why it was maybe a shock to the Skyhawk system coming out, seeing a guy that's an NBA caliber athlete right away. But then the game kept going and you realize the Skyhawks are a bunch of grown men who are more mature, (laughs) much better at getting back on defense, much better at making sure to push the ball on offense. And they were able to turn it around. Good times. Yeah, they they obviously were focused and and turned the game around. Uh, And 
Yeah, just watching all the the G League players uh, pregame. So much athleticism, raw athleticism. You see, even Jaden Hardy th- had that huge throwdown for the Mavs last night. He was part of the G League uh, Ignite program. And uh, speaking with Jason Hart, former NBA player, now the G League Ignites coach, uh, he had an NBA comp for everybody. You didn't Did mention he? Leonard Miller, who is a Canadian six eleven. He's like a a Lamar Odom light, according to. Uh, to Jason Hart. Okay. Heck of a compliment. When you throw Lamar Odom out there, you could see the the body type. He played point guard in Canada last year, and now Jason Hart said, you're not playing point guard here. Uh, so you got to learn some <laughs> new skills and figure that out. Uh, but, it was, yeah, it was, a, it was a raucous building. And, yeah, there's one guy who really stands out for the Ignite. It's, it's Scoot Henderson. Uh, he was phenomenal. I did see my guy, though, on the Skyhawks, Brandon Williams. Another great game. 20-5. and five. That's right. NBA ready. Get him back in the league. He obviously had a cup of coffee in the league already. He will be at some point back in the NBA. I hope he gets an opportunity. I think he's a really solid point guard. Kit and shoot, so uh, that's cool to see. Uh, anything else? Any other fun uh, bits you did or any other little segments? Yeah, we went uh, yesterday. was Wednesday. We went on Tuesday to practice and filmed... A pregame warm-up with uh, Tyson Etienne and the Skyhawks strength coach, Rich McLaughlin. Okay. They put us through uh, a shortened version, basically, of what these guys do before games. Getting their balance right and (laughs) just getting their bodies ready to go. Ooh, look at that explosiveness. <laughs> yeah, we d- yeah, this is just limbering up. Okay. Soon okay. we get to the potentiating factor, Skeets. Uh, at one point, I think it uh, didn't make the final cut, but on this very wall, we were just pushing our bodies as hard as possible into the wall. <laughs> like, trying to move it. Try, like, trying to move a screen. Yeah, trying to move a screen, but they're basically like, you just want your body. To be doing things you're going to be doing oh. in the game. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's why the band work that you quite often see an NBA player go through, yeah. it doesn't look all that interesting, right? <laughs> well, the explosiveness that Tyson Etienne, the, the Skyhawks player, has when he's doing that, because we got on the bands right after, okay. is so... Oh, high knees, Willis. That's the form running one. Okay. Yeah, now, that's this, the form this run. second one is where Tass has to give it his all. Okay, yeah, here we go. Pretty, Let's see him I mean, go. The, the bands you are cool so, so hard to work. Yeah, so I did this with... The, Bang! The, yeah. Look at him, he's flying. Yeah, it feels like you're flying. I did this with it the does. strength coach, and, and then we did some hand-eye coordination. I was moving side to side. He said, oh, you're quicker than I thought you were. Ooh. Nice. The, the, the old backhanded compliment. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. It was yeah. This was what they go through pregame, <laughs> and here comes here comes Trey on the, the yeah. sprint. We didn't know which way to go. Oh yeah, go. hilarious. Yeah, yeah uh, I'll never forget what uh, Coach McLaughlin said. You don't want your first sprint in the game to be your first sprint of the day. That's why they do this yeah. here. So it's like you're sprinting. But it was also hilarious to then see some of the players doing this before the game yesterday. Yeah, and they're pulling so hard and fast that the coach has to be like sprinting as well to keep up. Wow. And I'm like. He was walking at a leisurely pace behind Tacit Eye as we did it. <laughs> like, why were why were you tapping the tennis ball and why were you catching the tennis ball? Great, great, great question. Great question. Uh, listening, listening is a skill that I can improve on. I do believe. Got to work on that pregame. Okay. Uh, listen. All right. Well, looks like you guys had a blast again. A couple of the hits that I saw live. I was watching on Peachtree. I was just hey, to, to fire up Peachtree. Local Peach cable. Tree. I love it. It was on ESPN Plus for a lot of other people. Um, yeah, I saw you guys do a hit, and uh, I saw you talking to Hollinger. Definitely yep. at, yeah, yeah. at one of the, yeah. the segments. There. Uh, you talked to Scoot's parents. Yeah. Scoot's parents, amazing. They have seven kids. Oh wow. And uh, Scoot. Second youngest of them all. Three of their daughters have gone to NCAA college. They played college ball. Fourth daughter, who is younger than Scoot, 
just broke his high school record. I've seen this at, clip. At yeah. Cal High School, dropping 64 points. She's a senior. They just retired both her and Scoot's number. Her name is Crystal. She goes by Moochie. And That's be, right. Because Dad Chris, as I found out, he just nicknames everybody. Like he na- nicknames Scoot. Did you get uh, one? I, did I get one from, from Chris? Yeah, that's a good Talk question. Talked to him for a couple minutes? Yeah, good question. Bandy. Uh, they were calling yeah. him for those band sprints. He gave me, he called me Silver Fox. A uh, <laughs> lot, lot of gray hair out there. Uh, but uh, it, it is phenomenal. She wears 30 because she plays like Steph. She's going to Georgia State uh, next year. Oh, yeah. They work out together, both uh, Scoot and Moochie. She's going to be a ball. She'll be in the WNBA at some point. Cool. Uh, so it, it is pretty cool. Cool relationship that they well, have. I'm very excited because uh, I'm heading down tonight. I think you're going again to... To, uh, just watch, just watch the, the game there. Uh, sitting courtside to watch a little scoot. I assume he's playing again. Fingers crossed. You got I to go. so. Fingers back crossed. Back. I know that uh, his high school, Kell High School, plays for the state championship tonight, and then his sister plays for the state championship later this weekend. Pretty impressive. Wow. The only two things that uh, I had problems with last night were I'm not uh, good at listening in an IFB. I forgot what that was like trying to listen to two voices at the same time. No, don't that, be so hard on yourself. It was it was tough in that building. Yeah, I was I was having a hard time uh, here. I was like pushing it in as hard as I could, which maybe was counterproductive. Yeah, making it worse. But the thing that I botched the hardest was, you know, I'd be preparing for the interviews, thinking about the questions I want to say, never thinking about what to say at the end of the interview. So mm. twice to Chris Silva and to Brandon Williams at the end of the interview, I said, "Have a good night." <laughs> Just like we're old friends. All right, I'll have a good night. Talk to you later. See you. See you later, buddy. Yeah, you're right. We put a lot of thought into the start of <laughs> yeah. an interview and the middle part of an interview, but we don't put a lot of thought into the just how we're going to end it. Should be fine. <laughs> yeah. Have a good night. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> Back to you guys. <laughs> that's right. I should, yeah, exactly. I should have said that. That's yeah. good at all times. Back to you, Skeets. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, our friends uh, Dukes, uh, Carl Dukes, John Babel on the call. Yep. You would have liked this. Poo Jeter. Uh, was playing last uh, yeah, night, yeah. hit a jumper. Dukes dropped the uh, Jeter. No, sorry, no. sorry, sorry, sorry. Poo with another deuce. Poo dropping a deuce. Poo making another deuce. Yeah, you would have liked it. You yeah. would have really You know who would have loved that? Steve Ballmer. Yeah, he would. <laughs> <laughs> we got so many toilets. We could drop so many <laughs> deuces, so Poo. Uh, I'm glad you guys had a blast. I can't wait to be out there tonight. Okay. We got some news. First one, Colorado police say Grizzlies point guard John Morant will not face criminal charges stemming from his IG Live video in which he appeared to display a handgun at the nightclub. Shortly afterward, though, the Grizzlies announced that Jaw will be away from the team for at least four more games. Um, and we also just found out during this show, Tim Bontemps, I believe, had the scoop, that the Grizzlies say Steven Adams got a stem cell injection in his injured knee and he's going to be reevaluated in four weeks meaning he's basically going to miss the, the remainder of the regular season. So no more jaw for at least four games. Now no more Steven Adams for at least four weeks, the entire regular season. Brandon Clark is done for the year. Dylan Brooks is walking on pins and needles because if he gets oh, a couple yeah. texts, he's going to miss the, you know, a game after a game after a game. So holy crap. Um, any thoughts on any of this Grizzlies news, which really none of it great. I guess <laughs> no. except the part that John Morant is you know not going to face criminal charges. Yes, uh, the most important part, other than the, the basketball part, is obviously uh, yeah, a huge blow. Huge, huge blow. Steven Adams is really key to keeping things together uh, on the off, just on the glass, I should say. Uh, just a steady presence. Brandon Clark also, you know, to compound that, of course, 
huge issues. I think they're just trying to get things right with John Morant, keeping him out as long as possible. Could have easily come back. Um, and after those, you know, the two games that served as some sort of suspension, that's what this is about. Just getting him right and sitting him out for as long as possible. So, you know, it, it's not a, a piecemeal thing where he comes back and then there's another issue. They're just and trying to get it right. This regular season, if it goes kaput, if he doesn't play for several weeks, he doesn't play for several weeks. That's, I hope, the way they're thinking about it, that they just have to get it right regardless of where they are in the standings, even though they've had a really, really, really good year, it's more about Morant. So that's what it what that's what this whole thing says to me. Yeah, I suppose it's fortunate for the Grizzlies and for Ja that he's not being charged. I'm hopeful that he gets things heading the right way going forward as well. But it's time for the Grizzlies specifically to kind of just focus on the basketball of things and not the extracurriculars of it because they're a team that's kind of built on being in the paint all the time, and now they don't have Steven Adams, who helps them control the paint, get in the paint. John Morant, one of the best paint scorers in the game. Brandon Clark, huge on the glass inside, and that's what the Grizzlies' identity has been built on for the past few seasons. Things are getting pretty tight in the Western Conference. Meanwhile, Memphis only has a two-game lead on the Suns, so maybe they're looking feeling okay with uh, Kevin Durant going down for a little bit of time here, but the Warriors are only five games back, which would be a huge uh, lift for them to, to get up yeah. into home court advantage in one of these, but you know, they probably are a little bit healthier than at least Memphis is right now, but I don't know. It's been a bad run here for the Grizzlies in the past six weeks or so. There is still no word, by the way, from the NBA League office on any sort of sanction or reaction um, to John Morant. There is that, but he is going to miss these next four games. You do start to wonder if this season is just a complete wash at this point. Uh, for the Grizzlies, it sure feels that way. Not just the John Morant part of it, but these injuries to key, key players and just how deflating that must be for the organization that was riding pretty high and obviously were walking around like they were the champs already and we had talked about that and it's like, wow. What of uh, feels like a disappointing ending. Maybe they rally. Um, I'm sort of doubtful at this point with other good teams in the Nuggets. And the Suns, though, we'll wait to find out about Kevin Durant and, you know, the Kings and stuff like that. Uh, this other piece of news sucks, too. Former NBA star Sean Kemp was arrested Wednesday and booked in a Washington State jail in connection with a drive-by shooting. Uh, Tacoma police said an altercation between occupants of two vehicles near a mall led to shots being fired early Wednesday afternoon. Now, thankfully, no injuries were reported. Um, I'm not sure you guys will probably have a whole lot to add to this. It's a wait and see, but Sean Kemp. Not great In news. news for all the wrong reasons. Yes. Yep. Uh, next one. Back to injuries. Zion Williamson. He's going to miss at least another two weeks due to a hamstring. This guy has been sidelined to ass since basically New Year's Eve. January 2nd is when that injury occurred, and we didn't think it was going to take this long, and there seemed to be a setback, and now we're left wondering, like, do we even see him? for the rest of the year. Yeah, that's a fair question to ask. If it's two weeks from now that he's going to be reevaluated, yeah, it could easily be a, be a few weeks and then it's the end of the regular season. I will say a couple, couple let's say, let's say uh, a positive look at it. Coach Willie Green said he's optimistic that he will return this season. The day of this report. Those are you know, two conflicting points of view. So I think Willie Green had no obligation to say something like that, so I think he's you know got some sort of feeling that he's coming back. Obviously, that's me reading into it, but mm-hmm. also, I just question why they even came out with this news. It was a, a, a timed that they 
sort of a, a scheduled report that they needed to do? Why even throw this out there at this point at all? Did they need to? Uh, I, I just found that sort of odd. People want to know about the biggest star yeah, on the team. Yeah, yeah, I know, but I mean, some th- we're talking about it now, and no news is better news in, in a in a weird way. Like we just wouldn't be talking; it wouldn't be reported on. That that's so. I just wonder about that aspect. Obviously, it's not good news that he's going to be out a couple weeks, no matter what. But why he was going to be out, no matter what. No matter the report or not. So that's why I kind of wonder why that was thrown out there. But maybe it's an optimistic thing. Maybe we, you could be optimistic that the fact that they put it out there, the fact that Willie Green is saying something, that he will be back. Although it's yeah, it's hard to get all that positive because he's not on the basketball floor. I guess another silver lining is that the Pelicans have a pretty easy schedule for the remaining rest of the season here. According to Tankathon, they've got the fourth easiest schedule in the league. That being said, you look at the schedule. They've got the Thunder, Blazers, and Lakers are their next three oh, games. Those are huge. Those are all play-in teams yeah. that they're competing with to to hang around uh, in the play-in tournament. Then they got the Rockets a couple of times, the Spurs and the Hornets. Those are winnable games even without Zion. So if they're able to get a couple of wins against those fellow playing contenders and then take care of business against the bottom of the league, they can continue to tread water, which they've started to do a little bit more recently. They sank... Pretty hard, but they've found a level here at least a little bit. Yeah, one game we didn't talk about with Mark uh, earlier on in this podcast was the Pelicans beating the Mavs last night. And, and we, we slipped in the news of Luka leaving that game, but CJ McCollum just took over. An incredible fourth quarter performance and got them a much needed victory uh, with obviously uh, some of their superstars missing this. Um, so we'll see if he can. Like, CJ McCollum is one of those type of players. We've seen it before. He can go on little runs, streaks, uh, where he can carry teams to wins for a couple games. But you said there with that schedule, these are huge games for their chances to, uh, to just stick around the play in conversation get in and then and maybe hope fingers crossed that Zion somehow returns but I mean look you can we've got LeBron out we've got Zion out Carl Anthony Towns is still out uh who knows with KD here who knows with Luca here these are some big superstar names uh, a lot of them there in the Western Conference that were like just waiting we don't even and, and I don't even know I'm not even convinced like how many of those names I just listed are even back in any regular season action, there is not that much time left <laughs> until really. the playoffs are here. We're like we're hitting almost a month, a month and change, right? Yeah, you got to play basically like 500 ball for these teams that are sort of in the play-in picture because you know not all these teams are going to be that great. I mean, it, it's it's basically down to yeah, just 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 win one, lose one. I, I I'm I'm sort of optimistic about the the Pels in that. I don't. They're, they're, I feel like they're coming around a little bit. The Dyson Daniels insertion into the lineup, I think, helps. There's another G League Ignite uh, graduate. They're playing hard. I think. I think. Uh, I think that'll that'll help. CJ McCollum. I'm not sure why they. You know, the Mavs didn't throw a, a Josh Green on him at the end of the game. He was just burning everybody out there at the end. But I've got some hopes for the Pelicans. And I say, you know, you just got to win one, lose one, because the Jazz are falling off uh, a little bit. You just got to tread water, and I, and I think the Pels can do that. But uh, it's it's quite crowded. Final piece of news here. Uh, Udonis Haslam is officially retiring after the NBA season ends. I think a lot of people assume this, but that is the word coming from him and the Heat. Uh, they announced, the Heat did, um, that there's going to be a 305 day, and that is going to celebrate 
his 20-year career. And they're going to do it over four days. Four days of 40, they're calling it. Listen to this. I want to take you through what the Miami Herald is reporting for uh, the celebration for Haslam as he nears the end of his 20-year career. It starts on March 23rd with an ongoing digital content series dedicated to Haslam. The next day, on March 24th, they're going to release the UD collection, which is four new Haslam shirts, which you can buy <laughs> in their store. Then, the Heat will host UD night during March 25th game against the Nets, a home game, obviously. During an in-game break, there's going to be a newly dedicated Section 305 at the uh, arena that'll be unveiled to honor Haslam. So he's going to get his own little section there. And then it ends the next night, on March 26th, which is like their Miami Heat Family Festival, and that's going to feature Haslam-themed activations and experiences. So four (laughs) days of 40 for Haslam. Any thoughts? <laughs> it's the right way I'm, to do I'm it. interested in the Udonis Haslam activation. Me too. What's that going to be? I don't know. Shoot a baseline jumper? <laughs> you get to, like, instead of one of those things where you punch it as hard as you can and it shows you how hard it is, you foul it as hard as possible. That's good, yeah. Um, I just watched a clip of Udonis Haslam explaining his flagrant foul on Tyler Hansbro in the 2012 playoffs. Incredible. It was awesome. What an interesting career this guy's had. Yeah. Undrafted. Yep. And now he's played 20 years. There probably should be more Udonis Haslams. When you look at an NBA roster, like the 15th guy, often a two-way, like the Bulls is Marco Simon- Simonovich for like the past few years. He never plays either. You would probably rather have a voice <laughs> like Udonis Haslam in the locker room than a guy who maybe is a bit of a project. So... I don't think it's a coincidence that you've got a guy like UD who has been there since the D Wade and Shaq days. Now it's the Jimmy Butler days, and the culture has remained constant. Yeah, you got to have guys like that, and yeah. he's one of the best at it. And he was a champ. He was starting on that championship team. I guess the difference between a guy coming in now and a UD would be if you want to stick around the league, you got to have a three point shot. UD was came in at the right time where he could have a mid range jumper, yep. Yep. and he was money. Mm-hmm. He was really, really good at it, then became a vet. He's He's been a vet for a long time. I know. I think, I think there are oh, yeah. NBA fans that don't even realize how good Haslam actually was, sure. how much he did contribute to championship teams, because yeah. it's been so long that he's been the end of the bench. He's basically an extension. He's a coach at this point. Yeah. Right? No, there's no doubt. Yeah, he was an option on that team. He was, he was sort of an outlet. He'd bang home a shot. No problem. Mm-hmm. He got it done. Gave his blood, sweat, and tears to Miami, so that's why they're celebrating a guy. 20-year NBA career, um, and but he is officially done at the end of the season. Will the Heat use that for motivation? Was this his all part of his Win one for UD. Here? Yeah, right, right, right. Watch him rally here. Well, they didn't get it done last night. Let's get to the pick'em results. Uh, <laughs> they had some points to play with, too. They were two-and-a-half-point dogs at home, and they lost by four. Got real close when Hero hit that three, but uh, in the end, Cleveland covered, and Tass had it right. You're three and three. Trace four and two. That's a great record. I am one and five. Turns out that is not. <laughs> Man, I am making you some money if you were fading me right now. I have no feel on these. What's tonight's game? Where am I going to go wrong tonight? Yeah, there's six games on the on the schedule, and I saw this line where the Milwaukee Bucks were favored by 12 and a half against the hard-playing Brooklyn Nets. Had to check. Why the heck are the Brooklyn Nets now? Yeah, it's 13 and a half, actually. Yeah, it's moved down to 12 and a half, but we're going with the 13 and a half point line. There are a lot of injuries for the Brooklyn Nets, so that's why. I mean, I wouldn't want to take the the Bucks either. It's just too big a line, even with Spencer Dinwiddie, Nick Claxton, Cam Johnson, and Royce O'Neal out, along with Ben Simmons. 
but I'll take the Bucks because you guys took the Nets. Oh. Uh, so the Bucks. <laughs> because I took the Nets. That's your real answer. So, no, it's That's like, we, oh, Skeet's taking them. Fade that. Yeah, we just got a dumb rule in here that we can't have three people pick the same team. So uh, you got to win by 14 points you if you're taking the Milwaukee Bucks. You want to trade? Sure. All right. No, no. Okay, no, no. we'll okay. swap. Okay. Trade back. Trade back. Trade back. You got the Bucks. Yeah, nice. You're going to win it. Trust me. <laughs> I, you're going to win it. I guarantee it. They're going to win by 25. Especially with all those guys you said that were out. That's My a goodness. lot of bodies. That's a lot of bodies. Mikhail Bridge is going to shoot a lot tonight. Yeah, good point. Can he go for another uh, 30 burger? Maybe even more. Okay, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. All right, Tweet of the Night from at the Volume Sports. And it said, at Money23Green, Draymond Green, responds to Dylan Brooks' comments. So here is a clip of Draymond on his own podcast uh, talking about one Dylan Brooks. Here it is. This idiot said, I don't know what Draymond does out there. He said, I don't like Draymond at all. You don't know me. I just don't like Golden State. I quite frankly wouldn't like a team that beats me all the time either. I don't like anything to do with them. Quite frankly, you you were a little kid in high school watching us win championships. Should be happy that you even witnessed that. Or maybe college, but you get the point. You're a fan. Draymond talks a lot. You talk a lot now, so if you have four rings, sure, you talk a lot more. For All-Stars, you probably talk a bit more. Defensive Player of the Year, you for damn sure would talk more. Two Olympic gold medals, you definitely would be talking because that would mean you, you beat Team USA, and we all know how that goes, so... Gets away with a lot, too. What exactly do I get away with? I have 15 texts, one less than your dumb ass. That's great. <laughs> His game is cool. If you ever wondered why the Memphis Grizzlies is not ready to compete for a championship, look no further than this idiot right here. They're actually depending on this guy to help them win a championship. And he says his game is cool. Quite frankly, that just shows how little you know about basketball. So, again, that was a small taste of Draymond going line by line, <laughs> ripping apart Dylan Brooks, or at least uh, coming back, clapping back at him. That's uh, like a fire Joe Morgan post. It, that is a great point. <laughs> wow. Incredible nice production reference. work to, to highlight each individual line. Come back to Draymond, dropping a zinger. Absolutely right about Team USA and Canada. Great stuff. Um, but it is interesting because, I mean, Draymond is 100% right here. Uh, I think. Well, he does get away with things on the bas- on uh, Talking to officials, that's one thing Dylan poked a hole. He said he gets away with stuff. And he said, well, I have 15 texts. He could have 50 texts he with the amount more. of talks. That's the only thing. The Memphis Grizzlies do talk a lot. Memphis Grizzlies that's talk totally a lot. But true. the thing to, that's interesting to me when I see this is you compare Draymond and Dylan Brooks's game. And the question for Dylan Brooks is always, why are you shooting so much? And the question for Draymond is... This guy never shoots. Yeah, yeah. One of them works. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think we had it in that particular part of the clip, but the part where he is really just ripping Dylan Brooks apart as an NBA player is when he's like, your team hates you. Like, he goes on to say that. He says, they don't like you. Like, I'm a character. I'm loud. But my team likes me. They go, my, my, my teammates, you know, they know what I bring to the table. This, this is from Draymond, of course, on his own damn show. But uh, he, he is really saying, that ain't the case. And he's making it sound like, I know that's not the case. You think fans don't like you, Dylan Brooks? You don't think I don't like you? Your own teammates don't like you. 
I was like, whoa. <laughs> I almost started feeling bad for Dylan Brooks at that point. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I mean, Draymond but, did punch a teammate in the face. Yeah, right. Less than a year right. ago. Yeah. Uh, and Dylan Brooks' teammates, I did thought, love him. Yeah. I, that's I, what, I, that's what I mean. That's the part I was confused about. I, hate, yeah. I don't know. Draymond's on the court with them. Yeah. Draymond talks to him. Draymond's not his teammates, though. That's I, true. Yeah. That's, that's a little reach, I think. Well, I know. But... Hey, a very well-cut video. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice to see Dre in the shorts game. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't really it. even a short. Do it. it was like a two and a it half a minute two? clip. It was made for uh, it was made for YouTube. Uh, oh, Twitter a full clip. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I think you can put it on talk now as well. You can oh, put some okay. long clips on the talk. talk. <laughs> okay, great. All right, let's hear your opinions on Draymond Green uh, going back, clapping back at Dylan Brooks, who had comments about him, and uh, two guys that are loved by a lot of fan bases uh, in the NBA. Uh, let's call it there. We got to thank our friend Mark Rizzo uh, for coming on the show. Screenplay writer for the new movie Champions, which comes out tomorrow, Friday, March 10th. Go check it out in theaters. I think you're really going to enjoy it. New No Buffs, our Survivor Recap podcast, coming up in mere hours. Less than two hours. We'll be live over at No Buffs on YouTube. We'll flip it into a podcast recapping last night's episode. Can't wait for that. And tomorrow, it's the Drop Podcast. Already. What do you want us to talk about? Maybe you got a question or two. Send it in to nodunksattheathletic.com or tweet it in at nodunksinc. Worst of the Week nominees, Rapid Fire Fun. There are six games on tonight. We do some big picture topics usually on the drop, but if you have a question or two, maybe we'll hit the beach. So send that in. Till tomorrow, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, and remember, listening is a skill you can work on. Hmm? (laughs) Brace the day, people.